Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The University of Michigan Health System has now changed its policy regarding the transplant patients and the COVID shot. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, Matt, it's just uh, unbelievable that these hospital systems, again, these are supposed to be health professionals trained in the science to help people, doctors that take an oath to do no harm to people, but yet these people that need organ transplants to save their lives have been denied because they won't take the COVID shot. Well, as a result of a combined legal efforts of Liberty Council and Pacific Justice Institute, the University of Michigan Health System has now changed its policy and the COVID-19 shot will no longer be required for people who need organ transplants. Last year, Liberty Council, we sent demand letters to the facility on behalf of Katie Shear and another uh, patient as well, Ross uh, Barranco, uh, because of their sincerely held religious beliefs that prevent them from receiving the COVID shots due to the fact that they're all associated with aborted fetal cells. All of them are. In 2021, Katie was notified uh, by the University of Michigan transplant team that she was accepted as a heart transplant candidate and her name was, quote, placed on the United Network for Organ Sharing National Transplant Waitlist, close quote. Yet the following year, she was notified that because she declined the COVID-19 injection, she was going to be listed as inactive on the organ waiting list unless she agreed to complete the COVID vaccine sequence. After having no success in advancing her right to religious freedom on her own, Katie then contacted us at Liberty Council. Uh, we communicated with the facility on her behalf. Uh, she is otherwise a young patient who has currently 7% uh, function of her failing heart. Uh, Katie will never know how deactivating her from the organ transplant list has affected her chances at getting a heart transplant. Ross also was on the active transplant list awaiting uh, when he was notified in February of 2022 that he had three months to complete the COVID vaccine series or you will be removed from the transplant list. He made numerous efforts to obtain an exemption to no avail. He then reached out to Liberty Council in a last-ditch effort to save his own life. On March 1, 2022, we sent a demand letter on his behalf. Uh, they did not respond right away. We then have been working with uh, a network, um, and Pacific Justice Institute agreed to ultimately uh, assist because we had thousands and thousands of cases uh, around the country that we were working with and for. And uh, currently we have 75 transplant cases right now ongoing. So as a result, uh, PJI uh, filed suit. And I am happy to say that in April of this year, uh, the University of Michigan has now eliminated its COVID shot requirement for transplant patients and advised that uh, 
they will now no longer require this for their transplant patients prior to putting them on the waiting list. You know, it's a great victory because of a combined efforts with Liberty Council and Pacific Justice that we were able to fight and see a victory for these two transplant uh, patients. You know, it's sad on one hand that they have to go we have to go through so many legal hoops to do this in order to get the organ they need to save their lives, but that's what it took and now we have a victory they can be on the waiting list and eventually get their organs. Yes, uh, this has been an a Herculean effort. If you go back to um, March of 2020 when some of these lockdowns began and we began litigating around the country on behalf of pastors and churches, uh, that was an incredibly uh, intense year from 2020 through 2021 when the mandates on churches finally got knocked down and two of the cases uh, involved, two of the uh, Supreme Court uh, decisions involved our case from California. Then, you know, we thought that that was intense and then the mandates kicked in mm -hmm. in July, August, uh, September of 2021 and that's when we just exploded with request. 35,000 or so legal help request forms came in. These are individuals. And as we were doing our homework at the same time, looking at these shots, realizing, well, this is an effort by the government to control people. This is nothing about health. Well, and some of these, you know, when we say 35,000 plus legal help forms, one legal help form would be perhaps from one person, but they would have multiple people in their place of employment that they would be connecting with. So mm -hmm. when we're talking about 35,000, I mean, that's just an, an enormous amount of number. Uh, could be 40,000 of people that actually individually filled out a legal help form. But then those people represented hundreds, sometimes a couple of thousand people in their health care or other employment facility. So we had students in school, clinicals that they were doing, other kinds of courses that they were taking in the schools required them to have the COVID shot. Employers of every nature, mm -hmm. whether it was transportation, healthcare, it doesn't matter. It it was all over. First responders, Medical, military, med military, so military was another one, yeah. and that's still ongoing. And then, in addition to that, then we started getting these transplant patients as well, where people were on these lists, and they were taken off the list. And that's what happened to Katie, and that's what happened over here to Ross. He was not going to be put on the list. Katie was taken off the list. We had other people that were removed from the list, or they were told you couldn't get on the list. They required that the donor and the donee both have the COVID shot. Yet these people had high uh, antibodies for COVID, so they were immune at that point. So why in the world would they need a shot unless there's another alternative agenda here? It was, well, it was, you know... When people say they're following the science, mm. uh, oftentimes they're following propaganda. Right. And the, the real science, science <laughs> was being ignored. Right. You know, we have a, a person that we're not using her real name. Her name was Megan. But this is just an example of what happened to some people who unfortunately are not with us today or they're still suffering today because they followed the false narrative that these were safe and effective. So we'll call her Megan. She said, uh, quote, I was single, 37, and on top of the world, in the best physical shape of my life as an athlete. Uh, she was a nurse uh, who worked in the COVID ICU. And beginning on day one of the pandemic, uh, she continued to work. Now Megan cannot work, 
drive or even walk well, all because of the Pfizer jab. 30 minutes after receiving the first Pfizer shot, Megan's face went numb, then became paralyzed. By that evening, she had 105-degree fever, extreme body pain, and tremors. Over the next two weeks, Megan's body revolted. The fever remained, as did the facial paralysis and pain, but new symptoms set in, severe and constant hypertension, dangerously low blood pressure, syncope, which is the inability of the heart to properly regulate its beating pattern, as well as severe brain fog. Megan's hands and feet began to swell and turn blue, becoming too painful to move or use. As her hands and feet continued to swell, painful blisters formed. Her rheumatologist diagnosed her formally with permeosis, which is a dangerous autoimmune disorder, before telling her what doctors had been calling this symptom COVID toes. Eight months after uh, receiving the shot, Megan's symptoms were even worse. The burning blisters that began on her hands and feet had spread throughout her body. She no longer has use of her hands and worries that the numbness she experiences there will spread throughout her body like the blisters did. Uh. And Megan's mental cognition has declined to the point where she says she has great difficulty forming full sentences or even finding words. She says, quote, I'm desperate to get out of bed and be normal again. I need to be heard. Mm -hmm. I need help. And this is one person. This is so sad, Matt. And this is one person. But there are hundreds, thousands of people with the same different ailments from these shots, as well as those who have died and many healthy young athletes dying suddenly because of these shots. Yeah, you know, pray for this, 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 this woman, Megan, she's 37. She said she was in the best physical shape of her life, and she was an athlete, and she was a nurse. Not anymore. Who worked in the COVID ICU unit. Wow. She was a frontline warrior. I mean, imagine that. Mm -hmm. Back when all the propaganda and all the hysteria was going around, and she's going to the COVID ICU unit every day. And she buys this idea that it's safe and effective. She needs to get it. She does. And now she's in this debilitating pain every day. Continue to pray for her and also pray for our eyes to be enlightened and opened. So many people didn't see this propaganda. So many did. But we need to make sure that we never go down this road again and pray for enlightenment. Pray also for these transplant patients and so for the work that we're doing at Liberty Council. For information, lc.org forward slash vaccine. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org 